welcome. You're listening to the Better Me, Better World podcast. Today, we'll be discussing how your journey through personal growth will better the collective. I'm your host, Julia Smith. Join me as we dive into some conversations for the soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Me, Better World podcast. Today is a very special episode because we're going to have my first guest. (laughs) Someone who's very near and dear to me. And her name is Lara Mataka. Everybody, welcome, Lara. Hey, Lara. Okay, so Laura also has a personal growth podcast. It's called Clue Into You. And My first big takeaway from her podcast was to never put yourself in a box. And I think this is something that she really embodies in everything she does, whether it be in her passions, in her artwork, her career. Let's go ahead and get Laura to kind of elaborate on this putting yourself in a box. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm definitely, it's probably one of my like mantras to go by. Uh, I think it roots for me just always have having like various interests. And I always like hated the pressure of wanting to pick one thing growing up. Like I really wanted to be able to do whatever because I feel like as human beings, we are multifaceted. And I feel like when we say we're one thing, we're like barricading our potential of what the other things that we could be. And I feel like life is too short to not explore all of your passions and all your things and to not feel tied down to anything. Ooh, that hits home. <laughs> so I want to run with your whole like uh, regretting putting yourself in a box because today we're going to talk about unhealthy comparisons and particularly how as a child, when you're growing up, you're kind of pitted against other young women and you look at them as competition. And this unhealthy competition is really promoted to us just as much as we hit puberty. Like it hits us like a brick. So like what was your first moment of identifying your worth with your identity, Laura? I think growing up, I felt like as a woman, for sure, like my lot of my worth was tied to my appearance. Um, Definitely like, I mean, just being told to shave stuff Mm. like that. And like just uh, doing your hair and all the things It kind of like programmed this like message. Like I'm not worthy the way that I am in my natural state of being. So I feel like kind of early on as a kid, I started to see that my worth was tied to my outward appearance. Like how old were you when your parents made you start shaving or gave you razors? Because I was like 10 years old and I remember being like, what in the world? Like I'm not about this. I think, honestly, it's pretty early for me because I got started getting made fun of on the bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it was like fourth grade or something. My mom told me I couldn't shave above the knee. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a thing. I don't know why. Like, who cares? <laughs> You're going to tell kids like, okay, you can, you can shave now, but only half of it. That's such a weird rule. I remember being like, 12 years old and being like the awkwardest like pale ginger and like going to the pool and seeing all these like super pretty like tan blonde beautiful teenagers and just being like man like I just did not hit the jackpot genetically like anybody else (laughs) going to the pool because I felt like I was like the most like exposed as a kid, that was my first moment of, ew, like, I don't like the way that I have to be a certain way to feel comfortable with myself. 
I, I definitely can relate to that. I, for honestly, for me, I guess because I'm Arab, it was like different. Like I was always scared to get even more tan because I felt like the beauty standard, it was like a certain kind of tan. Like it's like that orangey sun-kissed tan. Whereas I was like, I'm just brown. I'm like muddy brown. And it's such a duality because like for me, like I wanted to be brown. Like I wanted that. Yeah. A big thing for me is in competition, sometimes I don't notice that I'm doing it, especially on social media. Like I'll see a picture of somebody that has like the ideal bikini bod and I'm like not knowing that I'm comparing myself, but I do it low key. So how do you realize when you're starting to get in this like mental cycle of competition? I I don't know. I think I just try to like check in with my body. I think I can catch it a lot better than I used to. I think before it almost felt like so familiar that like it just felt normal to me. But I guess now that I've like been confronting it, I can like notice like when I see a picture, like I'll follow a lot of like fitness accounts and I start to get like triggered and I could almost like feel myself like, I don't know, like wanting to like shame them in order to make myself feel better. And then I have to like catch myself and be like, okay, Lada, like, why are you actually doing this? Like, I'm just like have an actual like sit down with yourself and be like, there is a reason why you feel this way. And like, I think your triggers are kind of like, I mean, they're a reflection of how you treat yourself. So I don't know. I think I just try to like pause for a second and kind of ask myself like, what's really going on? Like, how do you actually feel? Because it's not about the girl. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know her. I don't know what she's going through. And I don't know. I think your triggers are your responsibility. So I try to just revert that and be like, okay, just sit with myself and be like, what's going on? (laughs) I think that's so important because you always remind me in relationships, we attract what we think we deserve. And in each relationship, you are taught a lesson whether it be good or bad. So like, I remember one of my first bartending jobs, the manager there was like this really aggressive, bold, dominant alpha female. And it just intimidated me so much. And like, it got to the point where like, I just didn't even want to go to work if I was going to work with her. And like, I had to look back inside and be like, okay, why do I really not why is this so unsettling with me? And inside, when I reflected on it, it was, okay, wow, I'm actually envious of the way she is the alpha female and she can conduct a room and get people to listen to her and take her seriously. And once I kind of established that, I was able to, you know, get over my own setbacks and we ended up being good friends. Yeah, I could totally relate with that. I'm, I mean, honestly, I kind of relate with that even when I when we started hanging out. Like, I felt like we both had super powerful alpha energy. vibes. Yeah, and it was like it did kind of trigger me at the beginning because it was like I'm just so used to me being the primary like energy in the room, and I know that may sound bad, but like I don't know. I guess I've just always been the loudest in the room, and just to have like someone almost like not only match my energy but exceed it, it was kind of just like whoa. <laughs> but it was Who's like, chick? <laughs> but it was like, it's good because it teaches me to slow down and be the listener sometimes too, to know that like we can, we can take turns having our theatric energy. Like we can share the energy. It doesn't have to be these like two clashing forces. Absolutely. Okay. So I have a question. What do you like, what is sisterhood to you? To me, sisterhood is... Well, honestly, like I always, I grew up with a sister, so I'm very blessed to have had that like dynamic friendship from birth. But to me, sisterhood is 
like expanding yourself in the divine feminine in a friendship way. In our college beginning years, like I never had a female group of friends where I felt like solidified and like welcomed and and just appreciated and heard. I think that's the true meaning of sisterhood when, you know, you finally have like a ring of women that you feel yourself with and bring out the best you. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. I think I know I think a lot of women have friendship like female friendship trauma. I'm pretty sure every woman has been through it. Like having a friend talk behind your back. And like, I think like as women, we're we're shamed a lot for like being deeply emotional and intuitive and stuff that I almost feel like we'll even shame other women for being like that. Like I've heard other women say like, oh, she's too sensitive. Oh, she's just seeking attention. It's like, hey... And I think the world like deeply needs feminine energy right now, energy that is like nurturing and compassionate and empathetic. But I feel like until we like are able to accept and honor that in ourselves, we're constantly going to shame and belittle other women that do that. Like, I mean, I still struggle having my emotions. Like there's still a part of me that feels like I'm being like broken and fragile and emotional. Like women are just too emotional to make decisions. And it's like, honestly, I feel like if we had a bit more emotions behind our decisions, maybe the world would run a little bit better. <laughs> like, I feel like we struggle to acknowledge that feminine side because it's been conditioned to us to believe that traits are feminine or masculine when in reality, like we all have testosterone and estrogen inside of us. And it's just a matter of like balancing it. Mm-hmm. Like we need that duality. Like we, we need the yang to the yang. Like, it's what makes us human. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's a time to work, which I think like that's, I guess, seen as a very masculine thing, but there's also time to rest, which is also, I feel like kind of like a very feminine thing to like rest and take care of yourself. And like, I don't know, I feel like the world really needs to rest (laughs) a little bit more. I mean, I struggle with resting. Like, I feel like I'm like being lazy if I rest, but like, no. Like, I feel like we beat ourselves up if we have an off day. Oh, yeah. Or at least I do. Maybe that's like an alpha female quality. So we've kind of touched on the whole competition thing, especially among like young women and teenagers. And I know you said that sitting with yourself and kind of reflecting on your feelings is a good way to work through that. Like what else would you suggest to somebody, especially like a younger teenager that is going through this competition and doesn't really have a foundation of healthy coping mechanisms? I would say what I what I think I often say to myself and like just as simple as saying like you're enough like exactly the way that you are like you are given these unique features because like you're a unique being and that's beautiful in itself other people's opinions of you other people's ideas of you is their opinions and ideas of themselves and it doesn't actually have anything to do with you it has nothing to do with you. Like you said, like, it's not the girl on Instagram. It's not the, the girl he cheated on you with. It's not her. It's, it's you. It's what do you, what do you see when you look in the mirror that is not sitting with you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like really insecure about my nose, but I think, I don't know, like, I think cause I got made fun of it growing up. But the thing is like, it's because they are insecure about a nose like that. As kids, we just don't get it. You know, we don't know better because that's all that we identify with. All that you know as a child, you know, you don't have your conscious fully developed. All that you know is what you see in the mirror. So I was going to ask, oftentimes in relationships, like when men cheat, 
Why do you think it is that like women always attack the other women before they like confront their man? Oh, I love this one. It's <laughs> a great question. And I'm going to give some firsthand accounts because as you know, my last relationship cheated on me. And so I had that duality of like being completely enraged. Somebody had told me, you know, basically this guy's been dating someone else your whole relationship. And I had the moment where I could like go and attack her and be like, I can't believe you did this. You ruined my relationship, blah, 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 blah. But instead, like I called her on the phone and like I immediately just brought level energy. Like she she did not want to talk to me, but I was like, hey, like woman to woman, you know, you probably understand the situation more than anyone. Could you just like level with me and and just kind of like tell me what's been going on so I can let go and have my peace and be done with it? Mm -hmm. And like, I don't feel like a lot of women are at that point where they're comfortable with, with themselves, especially young teenagers and, and young adults. They don't know who they are enough. And when you've given your identity to someone for two, three, whatever years, and somebody rips that right out from under you, it's like, okay, what can I grab onto? Your security blanket was your relationship. Your security blanket mm -hmm. was your boyfriend. So it's not comfortable to go to that person and, and put the blame on them where it's due. You know, you want to point fingers because deep down your ego wants it to work out with said person. Mm, oh, yeah, girl. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Preach. <laughs> Preach. And I definitely feel like it's like, it's just, you don't want to bear the fact that like, he's a, he's a bad, he's just a bad guy. Like he's not, yeah. he can't give you what you want him to. Like, it's just so much easier to blame the other person and be like, you did this. Like if you didn't come around, we would have been fine. But like deep down, there was probably a lot more issues going on under the surface. And I feel like any girl that's ever put down another girl, like your, your cycle will come back around, whether it be someone else putting you down or in your next relationship, it happens again. But that's a karmic cycle. You're going or again, sweetheart, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you hear it all the time. Like girls will say like, it's like, it doesn't matter what relationship I'm in. I just keep attracting the same guy. And it's like, well, have you healed those wounds? Ironic, like isn't it? <laughs> Because it's like, it doesn't matter. Like it'll, it'll be the same guy, but with a different face on it. Like until you really sit with yourself and heal those wounds, you're going to be in a loop. Do you think that this, this feeling that we have against other women is like related to an inner child wound? Because I feel like a lot of us have like a really hurt inner child base of the competition. Now, as I'm growing up, I'm learning to look at other women and just appreciate them for all their differences and just, you know, compliment women as much as I can anybody else. But it's like, how do you deal with this like five or 10 years or however long you beat yourself up and allow that like negative self-talk or negative talk on others in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it roots from like your wounded inner child i think everything honestly roots from your wounded inner child like yeah. i don't know i think i try like i'm trying right now in my life like instead of being intimidated to try to be like inspired by the other person and also like if i can find something beautiful in someone else that means i have it in myself so like instead of being intimidated like be inspired by that person because like if you can spot it that means you got it you just have to like dig in a little bit in yourself and like, instead of like being mad at that girl for having that quality, thank her because she just reflected to you something that you have in yourself and now you can work on it too. And it's one thing to like remove yourself from the situation, 
But it's another thing if you live with someone like this or if you have friends like this for like lifetime amounts of time. It's it's hard to take that step back and put those boundaries up and express, hey, this is not how I would talk to myself. I hope that you don't talk to other people this way. Okay, so we were talking about toxic friendships with women, like, and I've struggled with this a lot. Like, when do you think is a good time to let go of a relationship? When do you draw the line between like, no, this needs, I need to let go of this? So a big thing for me is because I think we've both experienced this as we're getting older, you know, you grow apart from people that you played with as children and for a huge part of your life. And for me, it's like, how does this interaction make me feel? How does this relationship leave me afterwards? Am I happy? Am I excited? Do I want to hang out with them again? Or am I anxious? Am I ungrounded? Am I upset? Am I emotional? Like your body will tell you and your intuition will let you know if you're not appreciated in this relationship. And it really is just kind of like a a learning process because that doesn't come natural, especially when you're younger. You know, you're in relationships that don't really provide for you, but you have to listen to that inner voice. And I think a lot of people nowadays ignore that, but it's only going to come back and bite you in the butt. Yeah. I like that you said intuition and your body because like sometimes I'm like, what if I'm just making all this in my head? Like, what if I'm pushing away this person because of my trauma? But I feel like I can't find that answer in my head. I have to look in my body and like listen to that inner voice because I feel like there's always like that higher part of yourself. I don't know, that just knows when something feels right. Like, and it doesn't have to be some huge, like you burn all your pictures and you block them on social media. Like it doesn't have to be this huge breakup that everyone thinks it does. You know, mm-hmm. I've said this a million times. They don't write a rule book on friend breakups. They do all day on relationship breakups, which are two separate entities in themselves. And when you're going through a friend breakup, you have to understand like, okay, has this person been in my life in a long time? Has this person been in my life for a year or however long? Could I do without them in the future? Or are they a person that's worth it to me that I understand that they may be going through XYZ and will cross paths again? You know, you don't have to put all these extraneous Mm. boundaries on it. You know, it's okay to leave people on red. It's okay to not reply to a message for two months. Like you're allowed to do that. Nobody's going to get mad at you. And if they do, it's probably not somebody you want in your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 100%. I think. The biggest thing that I've been learning is boundaries. Like, oh my gosh, like I don't have to burn every bridge. Like I can just set boundaries, but I'm so used to codependent friendships that I feel like if I set boundaries, I feel like I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being self-centered or like I'm like failing them as a friend, but I feel like you're doing a service to them because when you can fill your own cup, then you can pour it into others. Like you have to be you can't drain yourself for other people because then you're not you're not doing it because you sincerely want to be there for them. You're doing it because you feel obligated to. Yeah, like I feel like that was probably a huge thing for us in our friendship. You had gone through like a kind of bad friend breakup and like you said like your cup was low from from that friendship. Like how can you how can you give in a reciprocal fashion when you haven't taken that time to heal? 
And like you said, like, it's not fair to the other person. Like, it's not fair to anyone that you enter a relationship in. It's the same thing for romantic relationships. If you go into a relationship early, like, it's going to crumble and fail. Yeah, I'm just, oh my gosh, my, like, I remember just having friends growing up, like, we would hang out every day. And it was just like, I just felt like, it's kind of like misery loves company. And like, we weren't taking care of ourselves. Like, we would just like hang out every day and like drink. And like, I just felt like we were both, I mean, not in just like a specific friendship, but like a lot of friendships. Like, I didn't feel like we were really con- taking care of ourselves. And then all of a sudden, like, time goes by and I'm like in this incredibly codependent relationship. But I, I don't know. I just feel like you need to be your own person. Boundaries should feel safe in a relationship. Like, you should be able to say, like, hey, like, I love you so much, but I just, I'm in a space right now where I really need to take care of myself. And like, I hope you respect that. It takes so much more like, sincerity to be genuine with somebody and just be like hey this is where i'm at like why can't we normalize just talking from the heart instead of from the mind because i think all day we'll give excuses and be like oh i've got to pick this up or i've got to do this later on but like if you could just honestly come from the heart and be like hey i'm not in a good headspace right now but i'll hit you up when i am i think a lot of the time people just feel like hurt by boundaries they feel like you're like rejecting them or like they did something wrong and that's why you're doing that it's been ingrained to think that like boundaries aren't okay and boundaries make you rigid or they make you not vulnerable but in reality it sets the tone for what type of relationships you welcome into your life for sure so i i read this book called like power of vulnerability by brene brown and she talks about like floodlighting so like emotional dumping basically and like dumping all your like emotional baggage onto your friend without even like saying hey like do you have the space to receive this it's like you're respecting their space because like you don't know what they're going through like they could be going through so much and then you're not even like respecting their energy and their time and you're just like dumping your stuff of course friendships are there so so like you can be there for each other but what but but with respect for like their emotional energy too, because you don't want them to just be there for you just because they feel like they have to. You want them to be there for you because they like actually like have the space to like give you that presence. Because I mean, there's been times where like, I feel like my friends have come to me and I'm just like, I I don't like, I'm drowning, but I'm like, I just sit there and I'm there for them. But I feel like I'm not even really there for them because I'm checked out. And I feel like I'm being like, you're not like, you're not doing a service to the other person because you're not actually present with them. That's something I really want to work on personally is like communicating like, hey, I don't have the mental space. I was totally supposed to ask you this at the beginning of the podcast, but I feel like it kind of fits right here. Um, how do you clue into yourself? Ooh, I've been I've been really trying to think about this. So the way that I clue into myself is hands down meditation. It has been that for like two years almost. I will probably stand by this for the rest of my life. I think that meditation has led me back to the relationship with myself that I was always seeking. Like even when I go on like week-long trips or weekend trips and I won't meditate for a couple days, like after that like second day, I'm about like ready to snap on somebody. Yeah. And I (laughs) have to like collect myself and be like okay Julia it's okay you just you need to ground like you're clearly in your head right now honestly like that process of going so long and then coming back to yourself is just so much better each time and do you know who Jay Shetty is Mm -mm. I'm sure you've probably seen his videos on YouTube he's a really really 
famous content creator who used to be a monk, but he explains meditation like this. He goes every year for 30 days and sits in meditation with monks for 30 days, no phone, no nothing. And he explains the relationship like if you were to date someone and you only hung out with them in 10 minute increments, how well would you think you knew them by the end of five years? Probably not that well. Versus if you went on a 30 day long trip with them, you'd probably know whether you like them after a week. You know what I mean? And it's the same with yourself. You know, it's it's falling back in love with yourself and coming home. Meditation has helped cure people of so many ailments. It's just now becoming like the mainstream thing. And I just can't wait to see like how it looks in 10 years from now and when we're doing meditation instead of the Pledge Allegiance or whatever. In oh my school. gosh, that would be like <laughs> phenomenal. Teaching Please. kids emotional intelligence, like to, to sit with themselves. Like, dude, I don't know. And I like... You want to be present for your life. I like that you said uh, just like having a relationship with yourself that you've been seeking. That's what you're seeking. Like that's what your child, like your inner child is like screaming like, hello, I don't know what what, what you're looking over there for. Like I've been trying to get your attention for a hot minute now. Like, (laughs) Okay. So to kind of recap over things, when somebody is dealing with subliminal competition, especially like younger women and young adult women, what would you advise them to do to kind of ground back into themselves? Um, I think it can be like super simple and like as simple as like just taking six deep breaths, like six conscious deep breaths to kind of just like recenter yourself to calm down that fight or flight that's going off with your nervous system and to kind of just bring you back into reality. Because I feel like when we're in our head, we're like in a virtual reality. We don't we can't really know what's going on when we're in our thoughts because our thoughts are literally just, it's the same thing that's been going on yesterday. It's going to be the same thinking that went on the day before that. Like there's nothing new going on in your head. You said our thoughts are a virtual reality. They're just going to keep repeating the same thing they did yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. And the way for you to create new scripts is for you to get into your body and figure out what you need to hear now. Yeah. And I think that mental script is something that the term in itself we're probably pretty unfamiliar with. Learning that as soon as possible, you know, in your 20s or teens or whenever is going to set you up for a lifetime of success. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's like one of the most important things I've learned from meditation and like from everything is like you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are just past scripts and that's it. But you have the power to change that script, but you can't do it when you're living in the same one you've been in forever. Like you have to take a step back and almost start like observing your thoughts instead of like attaching your identity with your thoughts. Like my thoughts say crazy stuff all the time. Like they tell me I'm like not enough and that I'm ugly. And it's like, what? That's not true. What are some ways that you you get out of your ego, so your thought process? Being conscious of social media. I think content creation is so um, daunting because you don't realize uh, the competition is like just one big stage and you're constantly up against everyone. So if you are a content creator, like allowing that space of have a real life outside of this and like a real identity of who I am deep down. And I think we've touched on this earlier. Finding your identity in yourself, especially when you're at a young, vulnerable age, don't put so much importance on like 
finding a boyfriend or finding or finding a group of girls or whatever, whatever, a sorority, like find yourself when you go to college, get to know yourself and what you like and what you want to do with your life. I mean, I think so many people just settle into this role because people have told them to do whatever from the time that they were 10 years old. But if you listen to that voice inside, it's probably been telling you the same thing since you were 10. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Like, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, I've always loved to dance. Like, I've always loved to, like, just get around people and sing and dance. Like, that's, like, a part of myself that, like, is, like, innate to my being. And I know it because it's been with me ever since I was a kid. Yeah, like, just just getting in your body. Like, I feel like when we were little, we were told so much, like, your mind won't lie to you. Your mind won't lie to you. Don't listen to your heart. Oh, hold up it's the other way around y'all it's been the other way around since the beginning of time like if anybody told you otherwise they're wrong amen sis i don't know i think the most important thing women should do is like get into their feminine energy because the world needs it the world needs to sing more the world needs to dance more and the world needs to feel more and i feel like we need to stop like competing against one another and like realize that like we are here on this earth to have a sisterhood and to like coexist together in our various forms and colors and ideas. Yes. I love that whole like divine femininity because I think we've been in that patriarchal go, go, go. We have to hustle like for way too long. It's time for us to ground. It's time for us to go pick some flowers. It's time for us to get (laughs) out of our heads. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on here today. And if you guys want to find her podcast, again, it is Clue Into You podcast. It is on most major podcast directories. Thank you so much, Julia. I had a really good time. This is a great conversation. I know. It was (laughs) fun. I miss talking to you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Better Me, Better World podcast. I'm your host, Julia Smith. If you like what you heard today, make sure that you rate and leave a review of this episode. You can also find us on Instagram at bmbw underscore podcast. Come on, guys. It's up to you to make the world a little bit better.